The town of Marana is dedicated to providing five-star service for all residents, both two- and four-legged. Download the Marana Pets app to report a lost pet or upload a photo of a found pet. Start reuniting families today. Enjoy live music in Marana every third Thursday in the fall and spring at the beautiful Marana Municipal Complex Courtyard from 5 to 7 p.m. With theme nights, food trucks, and attractions, this free concert truly is a family-friendly experience. Visit maranaaz.gov events for the complete schedule. Welcome to Real Talk with the Town, where I sit down with the Marana staff to answer your burning questions about our beautiful community. My name is Terry Rosema, and I'm the town manager for the town, so let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Real Talk with the Town. My name is Terry Roseman. I'm the town manager for the town of Marana, and I am your host. And today I have a couple of really special guests, a couple of guys who are not only... Uh, in the public safety realm that I worked in for a long time, uh, but uh, good friends. And uh, so if we can go ahead and get uh, our fire chief uh, guest here to introduce ourselves, uh, that would be fantastic. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Brad Bradley. I'm the fire chief of the Northwest Fire District. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me as well. My name is Randy Carr. I'm the fire chief for the Golden Ranch Fire District. Outstanding. Now, I noticed something as you guys were both introducing yourself. Uh, Brad, you have an excellent in fact you should probably be the host of the show you have an excellent radio voice voice i don't know if anybody's ever told you that before i've uh, i've heard that a few times yeah uh, took a, a public speaking class in college and it was actually remote mm -hmm. you had to videotape yourself and audio tape yourself and uh had one of the instructors actually reach out and ask me if i've ever had any interest in doing voice voiceovers or huh. voice work and so maybe that's my next career after i'm done well we just learned something about brad bradley we all did not know so if we hear him on uh, like uh, SpongeBob or something, we know that uh, he's he's turned his career to um, voiceovers. So that was kind of a, a, a little icebreaker there with Brad. But let's do an icebreaker here with uh, Randy Carr. Randy, tell us a little bit. Tell us something maybe that people don't know about you. Well, I can tell you that right now one of the things that's on my uh, horizon is is that I'm going to be retiring in uh, 59 days. Uh, March 31st will be my last day after 42 years in the fire service serving Northwest Tucson. I've worked at Golder Ranch for 13 years. Before that, I was at Northwest Fire District for 25. So I uh, had a small stint at Drexel Heights, so I'm looking forward to that new chapter in my life. That is absolutely fantastic, Randy. We were talking a little bit about that as we were walking uh, into the studio here. Congratulations to you. Thank you. What a long, wonderful, uh, well-deserved uh, career, and I uh, want to wish you nothing but the best in that. Thank you so much. So we have uh, these two gentlemen here today to talk to us a little bit about fire service in Marana because the maybe some people don't know this, I don't know, but the town of Marana doesn't have its own fire uh, services. So we utilize a couple of different, few different fire districts. I couldn't get them all here in the room, so I invited uh, the two guys I knew the best and the ones that uh, cover the vast majority of our community in Northwest Fire and Golder Ranch. So guys, if you could talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, what a fire district is and how does that work together with um, the town of Marana? Terry, that's a great question. Uh, 
Fire districts are in statute uh, a political subdivision of the state and so it's a kind of a quasi-governmental entity um, that's developed based on a vote of the public. And mm -hmm. so Northwest Fire District was founded uh, back in 1984, went operational in 85, and it essentially was five members of the community uh, who got together, developed their own governing board, um, hmm. and decided to uh, take over fire service in, in their community. And since then, uh, it's grown. And so with the Northwest Fire District, we provide uh, all hazards response, um, medical, fire, hazmat, technical rescue, uh, you name it, we'll do it, um, to about 98% of the town of Marana. Um, the other 2% is shared by Golden Ranch Fire District, uh, Aver Valley Fire District has a small portion, and, and even Pitcher Rocks uh, Fire District has a very, very small portion. In fact, it's a field uh, <laughs> for uh, uh, Marana High School. And uh -huh. so, um, w with that said, uh, it is a government, uh, much like the town of Marana, of the people, for the people, uh, by the people. And so, uh, our funding. Ooh, that sounded really patriotic right there, ladies and gentlemen. It made me want to stand up and salute and put my hand over my heart. <laughs> so, well, it's super important because yeah, our, absolutely. Our, the public is, is they're the reason why we exist. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, we assess the public every three years. We've got a community survey out right now. So anybody who's, who's listening, if you've received that community survey, would certainly look for your feedback. Uh, that tailors our operations and guides our mindset and our philosophy in terms of servicing our community. And so uh, whatever uh, interest our public has in, in the services that they want to see, that's certainly, that's our mission. Saving lives, protecting property, and caring for our community. And, and, and our, our public is at the forefront of, of all of our decision making. And uh, we exist to serve them just like the town of Moran. Absolutely. Very good. So you, you mentioned something there. You said that um, it, it has grown since that f those five people decided, hey, we're going to take on fire service in uh, our part of the community. Right. It's grown a little bit since then, right? Just I would say, yeah, I'd say that's a, a vast understatement. So tell me a little bit about the size of Northwest Fire now, Certainly. Uh, where, where things stand today. Yeah, one, of the, one of the largest fire districts in the state. Uh, we've got 11 fire stations mm -hmm. uh, over the next three to five years. We'll probably be adding two more, wow. uh, both within the town of Marana. Um, we've got right at 300 employees uh, operating and capital budgets in the neighborhood of 75 to $76 million a year. Uh, so large organization, uh, yeah. growing leaps and bounds. When I, when I joined the organization back in 99, I want to say we had seven. At that seven point, Randy stations. had already been a, a into fire service for like 30 years. Randy was one of my first, <laughs> first captains. Was he so really? I for Randy back Oh, then. look at that. Absolutely. Look at that. Yeah, We're six, making connections we didn't even know existed yeah, until six today. Or, six or seven stations at that time, and it's right. certainly grown since then. Um, you know, so... So, so, Randy, tell me a little bit. So um, we, we, we've heard here um, from Northwest Fire about where they service. What, what areas of Marana do you cover? And then talk a little bit about your organization from a size standpoint, number of stations, et cetera. Absolutely, Terry. Uh, the Golden Ranch Fire District was formed in 1977, and uh, we right now are at 10 stations. Uh, we serve about 240 square miles. Uh, a lot of it's in Pinal County. Um, but, but we do serve a large majority of uh, the town of Oro Valley. So we're about 90, you know, 8% in the town of Oro Valley, and Brad's got the other 2%. And uh, we serve the very eastern borders 
of the town of Marana, um, right. the Ina and Thornydale, that, that northeast quadrant, mm-hmm. um, also the Camino de Manana area. But what's, what's great about our relationship that we have is, is that the Northwest Fire District and the Golden Ranch Fire District are in an automatic aid agreement, along with the city of Tucson. But we are a seamless response. Um, essentially, what we do is the closest, most appropriate unit is, is responded to the emergency, regardless of the agency. And so T- tell us why. And I love that. I absolutely love the level of teamwork, the level of, I mean, there's not, there's not fiefdoms, there's not fighting over territory, there's not, hey, uh, this is our area. It's, it's how we get service out to where people tell, tell the listeners why that's so important for them to understand that mutual aid aspect of what you guys do. And it's really more of an automatic piece of it. And I would say that we really operate on a philosophy of essentially, it doesn't matter what it says on the back of our shirts. We're going to respond to the emergency in the most appropriate, most rapid way possible and provide those residents, regardless of where they live, with the best care possible. You know, I think that that people just want us to be there quickly. They want us to know what we're doing and they want us to be nice to them. And that's what we in both organizations have really kind of agreed to in the sense that we're not going to play games with emergency response. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done right. We both have. Yeah, very they don't. They don't know boundaries, and they don't care they don't about care. where the boundaries are. They don't care what your service area is. They just want to know that when they need you, somebody's going to show up, and the the quickest person to get there is what they care about. And and from our perspective, you know, when people call nine one one, it's not their best day. Usually. Right. So when it's not their best day, we just try to get there and make it just a little bit better. And that, I know, is Brad's leadership philosophy as well as mine. And I can tell you that it's worked just very, very well. And we've been in this agreement for, gosh, Brad, it's been probably 13, 14 years, something like that. So it's it's been a long-term relationship that has really been beneficial. And the community residents of Marana are really the ones that, that benefit from it. So talk to me a little bit about uh, about the money aspect of this and how this is all paid for. Because I remember when I bought my first house, I was 24 years old. And uh, these guys came in, they knocked on my door, and they were with the fire department. I'm not going to say which one, but it's neither one of yours, right? right? So they knocked on my door, and they said, hey— um, we need you to subscribe to our fire services. And I said, what are you talking about? Man, I came from the Midwest where man, we didn't have anything like that, right. you know, fire subscription. And uh, I said, well, I, I don't want to. And they said, well, if, if we show up and have to put out the fire at your house, you're going to be without, uh, you, you, we're, we're going to have to charge you for that. And I said, well, then charge me. I'll take my chances, right? right exactly. So but that's not the way you guys work. You don't have a subscription. And the town of Marana isn't paying you. So, so describe to me how that works for the, the residents of our community, how they pay for their fire services. Certainly. In, in every fire district, uh, fire districts are primarily funded by a tax assessment on your mm-hmm. property value, and it's, a, and it's a rate that's attached to your limited property value. And that's where the majority of the funding comes from. And that governing board, each, each fire district is managed by a governing board, and each year when they set their budgets, uh, they identify the, the funding that they need to be able to operate for the following year and set a rate, a tax rate that corresponds to that. That gets reflected um, in your tax bill, either through your mortgage or a separate bill from, from the county, uh, from the county tax assessor. Um, organizations like Golder Ranch and Northwest Fire, what we try and do 
is offset that property tax liability to the greatest degree possible through uh, aggressive seeking of grants. Uh, our organizations, we actually will, we've got a, a cooperative grant right now, a regional grant for radios, a couple million dollars worth of radios that we went in cooperatively together, uh, sought a federal grant. If you were to take that $3 million, let's say that that grant was $3 million, it's right in the ballpark, and apply that to a tax rate, that's a considerable increase to your tax rate that you'll mm -hmm. see uh, reflected in your mortgage. And so we try and offset those, offset that as best we can, either through grants, uh, mm. participation in wildland response with the state and federal government, oh. uh, where those are, uh, we'll seek reimbursements for that. So it's an additional revenue stream. Well, I uh, didn't, I didn't know that. So I'm learning a lot of stuff today here, guys. Absolutely. So yeah. the, the less pressure we can put on property taxation, the better we can do for our members. Well, I, I am confident that the residents of Marana are very appreciative of that. Absolutely. Very appreciative of that. So um, other things, so let's, let's talk about what it's like to be a first responder. Now, um, you know, I was in the police, you guys know this, I was in, oh, yeah. the, I was in the police business for 37 years, right? And there's always kind of like this natural, uh, I don't know, competition or just kind of brotherly love like older brother younger brother kind of thing i don't know who's the older who's the younger man but but there's, there's just kind of that rivalry that kind of thing going on but a deep love too between the services of fire service and police service and uh i actually i remember like <clears throat> going back a ways my son got into the fire service initially with northwest fire man did i hear it from all my fire department friends about my son going into the fire service but i was pretty quick-witted right and so they went when they would say oh man your kid go in the fire department i said absolutely man encourage him to go in the fire department why why they say because he wasn't tough enough to be a cop oh, oh man oh ouch right so we, we get a lot of that kind of jab stuff going back and forth between fire department and police department a lot of a lot of fun stuff where we do competitions kickball tournaments basketball whatever the case may be a lot of fun there and we're always showing up on scenes quite often together uh traffic collision scenes stuff like that so i certainly know uh what it what it feels like to be a a first responder but i'd like to know from you guys so you i mean we're just 40 plus years here there's uh, Brad, how many years you got in? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. So, I mean, we're we're approaching a, a century between the three of us here. So, uh, tell me a little bit about, from your perspective, what's it like to be a first responder? I think the 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 most important part is the respect that I think that we have for each other. You know, and I think that even the di the disciplines, you know, the police discipline and the fire discipline, even though they're vastly different in their missions, the thing that I think is the most prevalent is the respect for one another because we know that we need each other mm -hmm. and we make sure that we take care of each other. And I know yeah. the commitment that uh, we have to supporting our police partners is extremely high. It's a very high priority. And I know that Brad feels the same way. Um, it's just, it's a matter of serving the public, Terry. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of making sure that we are there on their worst day. And regardless of what the emergency is, if it's a law enforcement issue, we're going to be there to support law enforcement because we want to make sure that the residents are cared for as well. And we know that the law enforcement end of it looks and supports us, you know, the exact same way. So I think that, you know, my experience, you know, over my career, which has been primarily on this northwest side of town, 
I can tell you that, you know, that's what I enjoy the most. Mm. It's the camaraderie. It's yeah. the ability to to jazz each other, mm-hmm. to just have a good time with each other. Yeah. But know at the end of the day that you have my back and mm-hmm. I have yours. Yeah. Really, that's what it's about in my yeah. opinion. And you know what? A lot of people uh, can't uh, relate to that that, that, that level of, uh, I think you really see that in the military, certainly, that kind of camaraderie, that kind of esprit de corps, that kind of, man, I, I got your back, I know you got mine kind of thing. So uh, I really appreciate that. Again, and, and uh, Randy, so so much appreciate the decades and decades of service uh, to the community here, uh, not only Miranda, but throughout the Northwest. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, for, for me, from, from Northwest Fire perspective, I, I grew up in a law enforcement home. My, my father, my dad's a, a retired cop. Mm-hmm. Brother-in-law's a cop. Uh, grandpa was a cop. Um, and I broke bad and became a firefighter. And, uh, <laughs> you got smart, man. Uh, I did. I did. So, cops are always jealous of the firefighters, man, because they got the coolest vehicles, man. They got the greatest places to, to hang out when they're, right. when they're not fighting you fires. Know, I, I think a lot of it was the 24-hour schedule, too. That, oh, that's kind of nice, too. Helpful, yeah, there's which, a little bit of jealousy with yeah, that, too. Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's a couple of hours of boredom uh, interrupted by moments of sheer terror. That's, sure. That's what yep. that, leads but you talk about the relationship between police and fire I, I think we're we're different in this community than you'll see in a lot of other communities where there is I agree. unhealthy competition I, I agree uh, between police and fire and and you know I think you know when you look at the town of Marana uh, Marana PD and Northwest Fire Marana PD and Golden Ranch uh, it's about the relationships mm-hmm. right? it's about the respect for each other we have we have the same mission we just do it differently Right. we achieve it is a little bit different. There's a really healthy respect mm-hmm. between the two organizations. And, and Why uh, do you think that exists here? Relationships. Where, I yeah. will tell you that, relationships yep. all day. Um, you know, when early in my fire service career, I was assigned as a paramedic, a tactical paramedic to the mm-hmm. county SWAT team and went through a period where it was just purely the county's SWAT team mm-hmm. uh, and then morphed into the regional team. And one of my first sergeants uh, is Captain Jimenez, Roberto. Oh, yeah. He was one of my first team sergeants. Uh-huh. His son now is in our recruit class at Northwest Fire. Oh, right on. He's in our academy right now. and so Learning more new stuff today. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, f- the folks that are in place today in both organizations, uh, relationships are exceptional. I mean, they are... They are dug in together like an Alabama tick. I mean, they're just <laughs> good luck extracting them out. They're, 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 they're linked. Where are you originally from, Brad? I, well, I was born on an Indian reservation up in northern Arizona, uh-huh. and, but I was raised all over the country, primarily uh, Oklahoma, uh, I claim, is my home, uh, despite the fact that I've been here in Arizona for a lot longer than, yeah. than I was in Oklahoma. Yeah, that saying that you used... Uh... Uh, it felt like a, a Midwest uh, oh, absolutely. saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. my dad was a federal narcotics agent, so we moved every oh, year. Oh, right uh, on. Moved all over the country, uh, small towns, big cities. Um, well, I'll, I'll attest and verify uh, the testimony that you guys just gave relative to the relationship uh, that exists. Um, and I know that you see this, uh, Chief Riley, and before her, Chief Sharp, uh, over at Oro Valley, the relationships that you guys have. Uh, with them just uh, phenomenal and uh, you can put all of those folks together 
uh, in a great big room, police, fire, uh, regardless of the patches on your sleeves. Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's a great feeling uh, to see that because I have been in other jurisdictions. And I, yeah, I don't know what it, maybe it's, uh, you know, they're fighting over funds or something. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some families where that relationship is, is a little bit um, harsh and um, you know, not uh, not working together. So it's it's wonderful to work in an area where we do have that competition for resources. I think has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, having not having your own fire department, quote unquote. Um, having a district uh, like Golden Ranch or, or, or Northwest Fire, where our funding comes strictly from property taxes, versus a police department who's receiving their funding from sales tax. Mm-hmm. They can't access the property tax, and we can't access the sales tax, so it keeps everybody's lines clean. Yeah. And so uh, there is no There's probably a lot of truth to that, Brad. 100%. Unfortunately, as sad as that may sound, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. So, uh, guys, just a couple of more things uh, we talk about here before we wrap things up, but what are some important messages that you'd like uh, to get out to the community, whether it's related to recruitment challenges or whether uh, fire academies or kind of where things are at for you guys, uh, you know, as as a whole, uh, any things you want to share with our listeners? I think, Terry, the one thing that's it's, it's a challenge, you know, since the COVID days, we, we don't know how this really affected our society. Um, we have seen a, a large, I guess, whatever you want to call it, but a recruitment challenge, if mm-hmm. you will. It's been difficult. It's been very difficult. Um, we've been very creative. Um, we've been trying to look at different ways to become fully staffed because, you know, it's difficult when you have these budgeted positions and, and you can't fill them because you right. can't find those folks. And, and in what world did we ever think yeah. we would get to the place where we couldn't fill positions for firefighters, for I goodness know. sakes? It's an interesting dynamic, I will tell you that. Uh, we're, we've done some pretty creative things, and I think that you know one of the things that we've done recently is, is that um, we've done a lateral academy where we've taken firefighters that are already trained and brought them over from other agencies because there are some things occurring in our region where uh, there are some transitions, if you will, of, uh, of fire departments where they're, they're closing stations. So we're trying to, to, to grab those folks and help them to not only keep employment, but most importantly, kind of bolster our, our numbers as well. I know that Brad's organization, I'm sure he'll talk about it too, they, they really are, are very aggressive in their recruit academies and really going um, on a regular basis, you know, training these firefighters as we are as well. So it, it's been a difficult road. We don't really know why it got to this point. You know, we don't know our society and what has occurred, but it's really happened all over. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's something that we're managing. And yeah, in, in, in every well. realm across the board, uh, people every are experiencing industry. every industry. And it, it is a little bit, uh, I mean, you know, in the, in the law enforcement community, we've dealt with this at various stages throughout my 37 years in law enforcement, 35 years in law enforcement, but the last 37 years, ebbs and flows, right? There's right. times when, man, we got all kinds of people and we got times, man, we can't, we can't find a person. Right. But I don't know that I've ever seen it like this for the fire services. Now, you, you could speak to that, uh, having been in the last four-plus decades. Yeah, it's been very interesting, and I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been truly a challenge. Um, one of the problems that I think that we have, and 
I think that Brad can really attest to this is that, you know, you bring people on in the academy and they're halfway through the academy and they say, you know what, this is not really what I wanted to do. Seeing that you know, a lot in the police. Yeah, yeah, seeing that a lot in the there? police too. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, I we're at least on a, a, a better trajectory, if you will. Um, and I think that Brad can speak to his processes as well. Yeah, I think uh, post-COVID, uh, where you saw a lot of transient workforces, mm -hmm. the ability to move about the cabin and, mm -hmm. and uh, work remote, yeah. telework, mm -hmm. um, really hurt us. Yeah. And I think that um, changes in the pension system, uh, where it used to be in order to get your uh, retirement, you'd have to do 20 years, now it's 25. Mm -hmm. So the idea uh, that you have to be in the same uh, organization, be in the same community, be in the same location, uh, for 25 years isn't that appealing uh, to a lot of folks. It used to be we would strive, we talk about this all the time, uh, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Folks that we're seeing now are life-work balance. Mm -hmm. It's different. Mm -hmm. And so the more time off that they can get, uh, the happier they are. Um, folks aren't as inclined today to work overtime. Mm -hmm. um, so true. So, so we've but you had guys plenty of discussions about changing, altering, not not our, our, our staffing models, but our schedules. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that probably not in our career, but certainly in those that are coming behind us, uh, there may be an end to the 24-hour long shifts. You may see that at some point. And so, you know, I thought that was kind of like the sacred cow, man. You don't touch that. Uh, it is but for those that uh, came in in our era. Yeah. Uh, but the folks that are coming in now, what I would tell you is we're, we're running, have been for almost a decade, 40-hour trucks, 40-hour engines. Uh, where they work, folks work four tens and uh, come in during the peak activity hours. Hmm. And so when we first started that truck uh, about 10 years ago, we couldn't get folks on it. Hmm. Now it's a competitive testing process. Wow, interesting. The number of folks that That's fascinating. To be able to come in, run a bunch of calls, have a good time, and then go home, sleep in their own bed, uh, be able to eat an uninterrupted meal be able to sleep throughout the night with, mm. without somebody waking them up. Yeah. Those uh, are the those are the things us cops don't think about when we right. think about how awesome it would be to be a firefighter. Right. Right? Those are career extenders, too. Sure. You know? So when you get folks over a 20, 25, 30, you know, 40-year career, uh, it's almost a built-in break. Mm -hmm. uh, folks can, can uh, uh, rotate into one of those trucks, um, take a little bit of a break, and... Uh, so you're going to see more of that. We, we talk about that with infill. Uh, instead of adding more 24-hour trucks to existing stations, maybe we just add 40-hour trucks. And mm. So our next budgeting process is, is occurring right now. We're looking at doing that very thing. Interesting. Wow, I didn't realize those changes were potentially on the horizon and some of that's already uh, taken place. So, man, I, I certainly appreciate uh, the time that you guys have uh, spent with us here today. Uh, really appreciate uh, the leadership that you provided to both of your organizations. And, you know, uh, Randy, your organization, Golden Ranch, has had uh, long, steady, stable leadership for a long time uh, with you there. And, uh, again, so much appreciate it. Thankful uh, to you for the service that you've prov provided to our communities. And I want to wish you nothing but the best. And, Brad, uh, of course, too, man. Uh, I've seen, and I didn't spend a lot of time uh, here uh, in Marana before you became chief, but I, I just want to say thank you to you because working with you has been such a pleasure. And uh, watching uh, the things that you have done with your organization 
actually took a page out of your book, actually took a book out of your book, uh, The Way of the Shepherd, that you're using with your folks, uh, we're now using with our folks, and uh, it, it has absolutely been a great tool instrument to kind of set the foundation of leadership in our organization. So thank you uh, uh, to you guys. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important that, as you know, having, having looked through uh, Way of the Shepherd, leadership is a, is a lifestyle. It's sure. not something that just you turn on when you need to. Uh, it's the way you live. Um, it's about being genuine, uh, sincere, and caring mm -hmm. uh, about your members, mm -hmm. caring about your community, and your members and your mission and your community. Those underpin every decision that you make organizationally. And if they don't, uh, then there's a leadership issue. Right. right. There's a leadership issue. So Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And Randy, any parting words from our soon-to-be retiree <coughs> just 59 days away? <coughs> well, all I can say is it's been a, it's been a, a wonderful career. And um, I'm humbled to work with such great people like yourself, with Brad. I mean, I, I couldn't be prouder of Brad. You know, seeing the way that he has just developed into such an awesome leader has been really a joy in my career. I can tell you that, you know, one of the things that I started, you know, early on was really that passion, you know, to help people, to train them, to help develop them. And Brad's a great example of someone that really, he was that person that was that sponge and look at the leadership that he's provided to, to his community. So it's been a great career. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of a change in, in the venue, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to the leadership of Tom Brand Huber. He has been um, essentially appointed as my replacement. He'll take the, the helm on the uh, 1st of April, and he knows Brad Bradley very well. That's a bad day to take the helm, man, I know. April 1st. We did that on purpose because <laughs> I wanted to be able to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm not really retiring <laughs> April Fools. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be good, and um, I think that both Tom and Brad have very similar leadership styles, and I really believe that that, that continuity is going to continue. And I can tell you that both the town of Marana and the town of Oro Valley uh, they really have enjoyed uh, fire services that that's unique. You know, it's not like this throughout mm -hmm. the country. And uh, it, it's so exciting to be part of this, and I'm just proud that I was able to serve. Well, Brad, Randy, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to spend some time with us on this episode. And that will conclude, finish our episode of Real Talk with the Town. Until next time. Submit your questions by visiting MiranaAZ.gov slash Realtalk, and we'll answer them right here. To receive notifications for new releases, remember to click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please follow the town on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on current news and events.